1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of fan-sided. We have a really special one for you guys because we're coming off a win. We, we got to celebrate that. I want to say it again. Um, this isn't the post-game reaction show, but the Colts are no longer a winless team this year. But even more important, Michael Terrazas is here as always, but that's not the special part, guys. We have a guest. If you followed me and Michael last year, we did a Colts-Ravens preview show last year with this guy as well um it was a, it was a pretty fun episode got a little fiery um he may not be the biggest fan of the ursay family but dave Steinweddle is here host of the opening kickoff podcast
2: dave david how are you how are you doing man i'm i'm doing well I, i'm i'm trying to hold back my my comments about the uh Team in Indianapolis is is how I'm going to refer to this team that is coming up. Because a lot last year when I was on, I kind of explained and I won't go full in depth on it. But again, it's the, it's the, it's the, this is a big, this is almost as big as Raven Steelers for, for Raven fans. Because if you're a certain era, if you are of a certain age, this game means so much to, 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 and, I don't know if you guys have a YouTube, but behind me is is Colts, Baltimore Colts, and there's a lot of of that history and that feeling of the betrayal by that or by the Earth Day family that that still lingers, and it, it's you're gonna see it Monday night in the game. There is a lot of majority of the fan base that is, and even like myself, alive when it was when 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 they did that, but. You're raised by the people that were there and went through, saw it, and had their hearts ripped out. So, these games, this is such a big game. And for it to be Monday night at home, couldn't be better if you're a Raven fan to hand that team in Indianapolis a loss. I'm just saying. I know I'm not, not trying to rile it up, but it, it means a lot to Baltimore coming up here on Monday.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, last year when I knew that we were a good team, It was one thing, but this year, yeah, I think I'm going to just let you keep that. This team hasn't given me enough to, you know, push back on your comments. They haven't shown me enough yet. So hopefully that's different this Monday.
1: Wow. Michael, Michael's going to get ran over in this podcast, it sounds like already. Uh, But I guess I don't know if the Colts are wearing – the throwback uniforms that they came out with this year um, that are in representation to the Baltimore Colts um, with the third stripe and things like that. I don't know if they're wearing those on Monday night, but I feel like it's a missed opportunity if they're not right. No, because there's be a murder in Baltimore. There was... oh, but, Jesus. But I mean, what? is uh, it, in, in this kind of situation, I mean, isn't any publicity bad publicity. I mean, even if people are upset about it, I mean, you're getting the attention you wanted.
2: You, ha- you have to understand. That whenever Indy has come to town to play the Ravens, it can get ugly in the stands. It does because there's a there's a certain and it's not with you guys, but there's a certain pompousness among Colt fans about about it, and it's sort of this. Not a town you throw it in the face of. You do not throw in the face of Baltimore people, Raven fans. Oh well, we we took your team. We took all your your Jerseys your logos and all your records are Indianapolis now in Baltimore and that that, that all stirs the pot. it always gets it going. So it, it it would be a very intense and probably an ugly scene if the Colts did pull that Monday night. Ooh.
1: I mean, I guess we'll find out. I, I think they've already posted the games where those are going to be worn. So it is known. Um, I'd have to scroll to figure that out. Um, maybe like if one of you guys go on a tangent at some point, I'll, I'll get on my phone and scroll and see if I can figure out if <laughs> it looks like that is going to happen. Just so just so Dave's prepared. I, I don't want him to have to turn on the game Monday. Um, and get all that emotion. I want him to at least know what's going
2: on. But so I, I will tell. I'll tell you. I don't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I, I will say I will be watching it with my dad, who who lifelong, lifelong Baltimore Colts fan. So I can guarantee you, if he sees it and they do, what is the dumbest move of all time, which would be to wear those in m and Bank Stadium on Monday. You can imagine. That the reaction is going to be just as bad, if not ten times worse, and Jim say may want to hire twenty four seven protection, and he better not come to Baltimore. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Man, I did not, I didn't know it was that bad, man. I did not know it was that bad. Again, I, I gave the history
2: lesson the last time. It just, it's, it's that nasty. I know people that. I, family members that got in fights with Colt fans at a playoff game at M&T bank stadium oh Be- my goodness back full battle that's how serious these games are to this city to people of a certain age hmm Hey,
1: hey! I respect it. I appreciate people getting that fiery about their teams. Obviously, I'm never going to promote violence. I'm never going to do all that for anyone listening. That's not what I'm saying. But, I mean, I people – I just have never been a fan of people that are, like, lackluster fans, that people are like, yeah, if my team loses on Sunday, like, my mood's not changed. No, when the Colts lose, my Sunday is extensively worse. Now, last week I did go on record saying I was more excited about the Titans losing than the Colts winning. That was a true statement. But I feel like that just goes with just being a very fiery fan personally. But, they I mean, you talked a little bit about the history. Um, We're going to go a little bit to present-day Ravens. Um, So what are your thoughts so far on what you've seen for
2: the Ravens through four weeks? I mean, to be honest, this is a team that is overperforming. You consider all the injuries that the Ravens are playing with. You're down your top three running backs. You're down your top – one of your top cornerbacks. You have – your left tackle may not play at – really at all this season. And when he played in week one, it wasn't very good. He looked very rusty, didn't look healthy. Now your other tackle is banged up, may not play. I mean, this is a team that in all all reality has – out uh, overperformed in a year that they should not be. I mean, you should a team should not have as many injuries as the Ravens and be compet- as competitive as they are. So that it, that to me is where it, they have shocked me as a fan and as uh, somebody that like you guys. We sit here and we break down and we we'll talk about it, and it it, it it it's it's a it's shocking. Now a lot of that is Lamar Jackson, and I know we'll touch on it a little bit later. But just to kind of gloss over it, I think Lamar Jackson has taken steps that he he did not make, he did not take the last two years. He's making throws he did not make last year or two years ago. He is becoming the complete package, and that that will keep the Ravens competitive. The problem is, and what ter- what should terrify you as a Raven fan is. This is not a team that can suffer many more major injuries because it, it it's you're getting to a point where you're going to run out of people to go to. But right now they have played well, better than I expected. The de- considering the defense is bad, this is not a good Raven defense. And I, I, Mike, Destin, how many times have you ever heard someone talk about the Baltimore Ravens and say the defense is not good?
0: Not many times under John Harbaugh.
2: No, and so. And it's a defense that it could get better as the season goes on. I'm not saying that it's going to stay at the bottom, but still it's not very good right now. It's played better the last two weeks, but it's still not a dominant defense. So they have outperformed in a lot of categories in a season that they really should not be. So quick update before and then i'll let michael
1: um chime in on anything he saw for the ravens this first four games if he wants but the colts will not be wearing the throwback uniforms against the ravens this monday the only game the colts are slated to wear the throwbacks this year is against the bucks um, in that extra game that was given out this year so it's a home game so i guess they chose to wear it as a home at a home game instead of wearing it an away game um i understand what Dave said about that upsetting some Ravens fans. I think it's a missed opportunity marketing wise for the Colts personally, but I understand the upsetness. But (laughs) Michael, I'll let you chime in on what you've seen from the Ravens this first four weeks.
0: Oh man, the Ravens Uh, I'm I'm all the way with Dave on this one, you know, considering all the injuries they suffered before the season and in season. I mean, you would think this team is not going to be competitive, but they are that Monday night game against the, uh, I was about to call him the Oakland, but the Las Vegas Raiders, man, that was one hell of an exciting game. Plays were being made all over the field. I'll get into, I'll get into Lamar Jackson later on in the show. Um, but weapons are starting to step up. Marquise Brown is finally healthy. He's finally not having something lingering, slowing him down, keeping him on the sideline, you know, giving him very, very limited reps. So that is all good. The defense, in in my opinion, a little bit overperforming, possibly. Um, I think the toughness up front is still there. The toughness, the physicality is still there. Now, are they executing? They could execute better, of course. But this is still a defense, in my opinion, that I am definitely looking out for this this Monday night. I'm not going to take this defense lightly. I'm not going to do any of that. This is still... A John Harbaugh defense. This is still going to be a defense that you said, Dave. He is part of that age class where he remembers when when this happened and when this switch transition. So he has a lot of intensity going into this week, going into this game, and he's going to light a fire under this team. But through four weeks, I think I think the Ravens have performed well. In my opinion, they're still a very good football team. I actually like what I've seen. I've actually kept a close eye. I've said before the season on a couple of players, teams that I would keep an eye on and Ravens and and Lamar Jackson were one of them. So definitely, definitely impressed with what the Ravens have been able to do thus far.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing I want to highlight about the Ravens, um, Vic Vangio in Denver, he can get over himself. Um, That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen from a head football coach in the NFL going on a tangent about being upset that a team didn't kneel on the last play but instead just ran for four yards to continue a record going I wish more teams would go for those sad records like that I mean it, it's football like I mean I understand it's a job for a lot of these guys and this is like an adult game now but like this is still a game like this there's emotion in games like I, I hate when people attempt to just take that out. It's one of the reasons that I am so against this taunting rule this year. But So, Vic Mangia, you're not listening, um, but get over yourself. Sit down. Um, get off this soapbox you've decided to get on about this. That's ridiculous. Be Just be a grown man um, and just take it. You lost. That last play was not why you lost, in my opinion. But uh, that, that's my take on that. But other than that, I mean, the Ravens, like David said earlier, have had some significant injuries happen. Um, J.K. Dobbins in preseason. One of the big reasons I just don't see a need for other than rookies or fringe roster guys getting significant snaps in preseason. I just I just don't think the preseason's meant for it. Use practice um, to prepare for the season and get going. I don't think preseason snaps help out any real veteran player, um, especially if you know they're making the roster. Um, but I mean, for the Ravens this year, I think it helps a lot of people's mindsets on them because the Steelers are so bad. Um, You watch them offensively. You watch them just right now with the Big Ben transition because you're as good as who you play. And, I mean, the Browns, to me, there's just like a feeling behind it that eventually um, the Browns are going to come to earth a little bit um, with that roster. And, I mean, if Baker has to miss time ever, um, I still think it's the Ravens' division to lose in a sense. Um, so I, I still think this is a good football team, just to repeat what Michael said to a bit. But I, I, I think this is a fun game. I definitely circled it when it first came on the calendar for sure. At,
2: at the beginning of the year, I think you talked about – we talked about the Raven injuries. And I, I kind of felt the same way you did. But now all the issues the Colts have, this has turned into, I think, a really bad matchup for Indianapolis – offensive line play is this suspect. It, it's not to get ahead, but that's that's a matchup that I'll highlight a little later. I, I don't think Carson Wentz's mobility is there and I think he's gonna be a sitting duck and go ask Teddy Bridgewater if he knows where he is right now because he was a sitting duck Sunday um to that Raven defense. So it 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 at the beginning of the year I'd say this was gonna be a really close matchup. This is because of the way things have kind of broken down mm-hmm. season has started, I don't think this is as favorable of a matchup for the Colts as, or excuse me, Indianapolis, as they would like it to be or probably thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. And, hey, I mean, and that's really that-
0: good, a really good transition into the next topic that we're going to talk about, which is the Colts through the first quarter of the season. I mean, this is a team where there was a lot of hype coming in about And then these injuries started coming in. I certainly did not view this team as good as last year with Phillip Rivers. Um, I think at the quarterback position, the difference between Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz, in my opinion, is mental toughness, Uh, football IQ. I think those are the two biggest things that separate Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. Phillip Rivers was a technician at the quarterback position. I think he's going to be a hall of famer. He just, he, he was so smart. He knew what to do on every play with Carson. Uh, I've spoken a little bit on the show when he has these injuries. Do you have the mental toughness to step into these throws, knowing that you're going to get hit? And that's something that I haven't seen too much from. He hasn't been a problem, sort of say, before he got those ankle injuries. He wasn't a problem to me at all, other than that stupid shovel pass that he did at, at the goal line against um, L.A. So other than that, he was very good got injured and that's what's kind of hampered his play thus far through two weeks against Tennessee and Miami. We've seen the limitations there, but overall the injuries, like you said, I mean, we thought Baltimore was going through something Indianapolis is going through just as much, if not more, um, which makes it a, an, intriguing matchup, but we'll get into it a little later. The defense has very disappointed me a lot. Uh, not too surprisingly, it is a Matt Eberflus defense. So it's probably not going to be that, that great. Um, Xavier Rose is not playing up to par. Rocky Sin is quietly playing good. He missed last week's game. TJ carries on IR. I mean, the run game is taking a heavy hit. The pass rush is not all the way there. It's absent at times. Offensive line, I'm... I can't say too much that I'm surprised that we're one and three, given the injuries. If, if you would have told me that we had these types of injuries, I probably would have predicted the same thing, but... We did it. So I did predict this team would go seven and 10 because of the problems that I saw on the roster at quarterback and pass rush. Uh, The potential problems with Carson was potential. So Mm -hmm. that's what my thoughts are through the first quarter of the season for the Colts. I, I still don't know yet what this team is because Carson's not healthy and we don't have T. Y. Hilton back. Quentin Nelson is not healthy. Ryan Kelly is not healthy. Eric Fisher is not back to his same strength. So we gotta, especially on the defensive side, Darius Leonard as well. So that's where I'm at with this team through a quarter.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you would have told me before the year started that the Colts were one in three, I would have been that shocked, just because of how tough this first five weeks was going to be when the when the roster when the schedule came out. I mean. Seattle at home Rams at home, to Tennessee to Miami um, I mean on the schedule beforehand like Miami sounded like a harder opponent as well uh, so I wasn't even shopping that game in as a win um, when the schedule came out and then we have the Ravens in week five I think the Colts had the toughest first five five-week schedule in the in the NFL in my opinion um, like when the seat when it first came out of it again the, the Dolphins game ended up being a little bit different. Um, with Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback. So, I mean, I would have been that shocked, but I would have, if you would have asked me why the Colts were one and three, I would have said Carson's probably not playing all that well. Um, I would have said that the receivers are probably letting us down a little bit. Um, I probably would have even went on to say that the secondary has been a big issue, What I wouldn't have told you was that the Colts offensive line has been an issue that the Colts run defense has been an issue um, that In general, the Colts' strengths coming into this year have been weaknesses. It's not even that they're not strengths. They've been weaknesses. Um, And that's really been the biggest issue through four weeks that we've seen. Um, The Colts have to improve those spots. Hopefully, um, the Colts um, get a blessing with the Monday night game and Braden Smith's going to be able to play, hopefully, um, praying to the Lord, obviously. Um, From what it sounds like, there's a chance he could play. Um, So if Eric Fisher and Braden Smith are out there at tackle, um, Chris Reed is actually the best depth um, member of the Colts on that offensive line. So if he's out there in place of Quentin Nelson, who obviously Quentin Nelson's a much better um, player at guard than Chris Reed. um, But if I had to have any depth piece out there, it'd be Chris Reed. Um, So we'll, we'll see. And we'll get into matchups in a little bit here, but The Colts have a lot of things to improve on, but we're coming off a win, thankfully. I mean, I'm not having to talk about this as an 0-4 football team. Uh, But the next question here is a little bit for both of all of us on the Ravens. Um, Going into the year, um, Michael being one is is very – I wouldn't say he's a Lamar Jackson hater. Um, I would say he's a critic. Um, He's very critical of Lamar Jackson for sure. Um, And he's been very critical of Lamar Jackson's ability as a true passer um, at the quarterback position. Um, But has Lamar Jackson taken that next step as a thrower of the football? Um, I usually would let Dave go first, um, but I'm going to let Michael go first just because I feel like going into this season, he may have been a, a little bit
0: skeptical to say the least. Through four games. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. I am very impressed with what I've seen from Lamar Jackson. The biggest thing from, for me is that he doesn't just tuck the ball down and just go run. Like, that's not his first instinct anymore. He will sit in the pocket. He'll roll out if the pocket collapses, but he won't run. He'll still keep his eyes downfield and make a play with his arm. Just like Dave was saying, he's making throws that he didn't make. The fifteen yard out routes, the seven routes, the four routes—those were the routes that I thought that he didn't necessarily weren't were very accurate with. But this year, the way his footwork is better, his form looks better, his his um, poise in the pocket is better. All of that combined, he's. He, I don't know what he did in the offseason, but it clearly worked. I'm not sure if he did some weird Dak Prescott dance with the hip or something like that. But this is just pure talent from Lamar Jackson. So now that he's showing that, you know what, instead of running, I'm just going to sit back and pass. But if it's not there, I can still run. Now we're talking about Lamar Jackson as an elite quarterback before. He was not in the elite conversation for me. If you're going to be an elite quarterback, you have to be able to throw the football any given time of a game, regardless of the situation. Lamar Jackson, through four games, is easily playing the best four-game stretch of his career as a thrower of the football. He's so confident in his throws. I see it, the touch, the accuracy, the velocity. I mean, he's, he's determined to throw the football he will still run and he is still the greatest athlete to ever play the quarterback position. That is still a fact. But the fact that from what I've seen through four games from Lamar Jackson has me even more scared to death about this game already. Last year, Dave, you remember, I said, take the run away and beg Lamar Jackson to throw. Now, I don't know what the hell we're going to do in this game. So, I am pleased with Lamar Jackson. I have never labeled myself as a Lamar hater. I have always just looked at football, questioned his ability to throw the football at a high elite rate. He has always been one of the better leaders in the NFL. As a man, a leader, face of the organization, you can't find a better one unless it's Dak Prescott in Dallas. But I am very, very pleased with what I've seen from Lamar Jackson. He's definitely shut me up. He's definitely quieted my mouth he is definitely on his way to being a very, very, very good thrower the football.
2: So you mentioned the Lamar hater, and it, it reminded me of this, this point I've had for a couple of years. We need to have a middle ground with Lamar Jackson where you can praise him, but at the same time be critical of Lamar. And I don't think that there's that space yet available. Now, to the conversation about, the improvements he has made tremendous improvements the footwork is far better than it's ever been he's much more quiet in the pocket with his feet last couple years you'd see him kind of dancing around and doing a lot of moving and cutting now it's a little more fluid the ball is coming out of his hand crisper it's not that fluttering well we have a term we call him the, the the duck the dying duck that's flying through the air its wings been hit, and it's just kind of flailing to the to the receiver. It's crisper. He's more on target. He still makes mistakes that you sit there and go, "You can't make those throws." But I mean, th- in terms of mechanically, he is much better than he than he ever has been since he's been in the NFL. And everybody knew that the throwing was going to be a work in progress with him. But we knew you knew the. Athlete that was Lamar Jackson. Now the throwing has caught up. Now you also see him in a better groove with his receivers. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews have always been number one, number two. But now you're seeing Devin Duvernay getting in the offense. You're seeing James Prochet have a career day last week. Sammy Watt has been exactly what the doctor has ordered for him in terms of that veteran receiver. Hey, you need eight yards. Sammy's going to go run a 10-yard route for you. You just need to put the ball on him. He'll make the catch, get you the first down. That's huge for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Now, potentially Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin could be back. Those were two guys, especially Boykin, who is going to get lost in a shuffle because of now there's a, a, a wealth of talent there. But he was starting to catch fire with Lamar Jackson. He was the touchdown guy last year. So kind of like what Mike was saying, now as a defense, you're in a bind. Yeah, you can stop the run. And this year, it's going to be the easiest it's ever been to stop the run because the Ravens don't have that true back yet. They haven't found, whether it's Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, or Tyson Williams. They haven't found that consistent back. So you're keen on Lamar Jackson in the run game. But now this year, Lamar's like, okay, we want to put seven guys in the box. I'll take one-on-one on the outside. I'll take my deep shots because my guy's going to run by your guy, and he's going to be open to make the play. That is this element of this offense that has just been lacking. And now that it is here, again, with all the injuries, it's, it's really hard for me to sit here and say that this is a Super Bowl contender. But this is a team that if they stay healthy – is going to be a problem because now what do you do as a defensive coordinator? What do you do? What do you take away? What are you willing to allow the Ravens to do? Last year, you kind of took away the run because you didn't think they could beat you with the pass. And you were right. This year, they're beating teams in the air. I mean, that's how they came back on Kansas City was Lamar Jackson making throws in the second half. That's how they they beat the – they should have beaten the break. Salt the Lions. But nobody, everybody forgot their hands when they got off the team playing in Detroit. And then last week they made the catches. And when they made the catches, it was big plays. So you as a defensive coordinator, you have to ask yourself, okay, what am I willing to give up? And I don't know what that answer is. I really don't know what you're comfortable with now as a defensive coordinator, given allowing the Ravens to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you guys have all you guys have all kind of touched on it. I mean, he's definitely taking that next step. Um, I think the biggest thing for me when watching run-first quarterbacks, um, a big step that they make when they do start to improve as a passer, is they're not as quick um, to roll out and make that run. Um, I think one of Lamar's issues the last couple of years, even in the MVP year personally, was he was very just early on his reads of when to run the football Um, he really didn't let some of the guys develop their routes long enough he really never gave some of his receivers a chance I think that's one of the reasons Brown has kind of struggled a little bit um, because he just was never really given that chance for his routes to ever develop being that deep shot type receiver that he's wanting to be I think this year Lamar is being a little bit more patient in the pocket. I think he's waiting um, on these guys to be able to make some plays. Um, I still think he rolls out, um, which is fine. Um, I I do it all the time in Madden, for example. Um, I I like to roll out pretty much right off the snap. Um, But I don't think that's an issue um, that Lamar likes to roll out often. Um, I just think it's better that he's not being so – run first um, he's not taking the snap taking a second and a half to read the field and then run the football um, he's being more patient that that was another big thing that I didn't hear you guys highlight but I agree with almost everything you guys said as well um, his mechanics his footwork are also improving but that was another thing I wanted to highlight from Lamar that I really think he has improved on And real quick, before we get into this next topic, this topic is the One Call Technology topic of the day. One Call Technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100 plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installation and services, managed telecom service provider, telecom carrier management and high speed internet. Head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888 585 8850 and tell them the blue stable sent you. So well, guys, we're here. We're, we're done talking about the Colts and the Ravens individually. It's football time. It's matchup time. Monday night football is here. It's coming. I want to hear from uh, Dave first. I'm um, gonna let you go first. And what are some what's a matchup? or a couple if you want to share, that you really like in favor of your Ravens this week?
2: I really like the matchup of the Raven defensive line, one-on-one with the Colts offensive line. I I, I think that the the defensive line is deep. It is strong. You consider now Odafe away, who has been a a real – Steel at number 31 in the draft for the Ravens with his speed. You have Justin Houston. You have Tyus Bowser. You have Clayus Campbell, Brandon Williams, Justin Matabike, who if you don't know his name, he is going to be very good. He is getting there. It, 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 it's, a, it, it's a tough matchup for a cold offensive line. That's going to have a banged-up Eric Fisher, potentially a banged-up Braden Smith. You don't have Quentin Nelson that's going to be a tough matchup because like Mike was talking about, you have a cold team that is so prevalent on running the football and using their running backs involved in everything they do that if they can't get a push on that offensive line, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they're going to protect Carson Wentz because then you allow Darn Martindale to do what he does best, which is blitz. And he blitzes from everywhere. He blitzes everybody. So if you have a quarterback that's got two bad ankles, you have, uh, team, by the way, Seahawks just missed a kick as I'm I'm talking right here, 35 yarder. But you have you have that, and it's just it's such a bad matchup for the Colts' line. It really is. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to protect Carson Wentz and open rush lanes with the way the Raven defensive line has played the last two weeks, which has been pretty damn dominant if you watched
0: it. Yeah, I agree. I agree, uh,
1: Michael. <laughs> go, Michael. Go ahead and give us a matchup you really like, where you think the Colts are in favor this week.
2: If his answer is none. That's the an acceptable
0: answer here. Uh, overreactive Twitter fans. I, I, I don't see. That I like in this game at all. I, I don't see one. Um normally I would go to my safe guy, Michael Pittman, but these are some pretty damn good corners in Humphrey and Smith. Um another what, big test for him, actually. Here's what I will
2: say. Now cold defense has has been a disappointment. I, I think that I think we can all agree on that.
1: We wish we wish everyone could agree with that, David. But there is a branch of Colts Twitter that does not believe that is the case.
2: Well, Mm -hmm. I want to know what they're smoking because it must be something good. Um, no offense, like I, I, I don't. There there are two defenses that you watch in the National Football League and say they should be better than they are, and that's Washington, and I would argue that that's the Colts defense. There's too much talent on that Colt defense. If there is any spot that is semi-favorable to the Colts, it would be their defensive line matched up on the Raven offensive line because of the same conversation we were just having, that the Raven offensive line is banged up. though It has played better the last couple weeks, but not having Alejandro potentially would be big because Andre Smith's best years are well in the past. But that maybe is the only spot where you sit there and go, okay, maybe you give the Colts the edge. I, I don't last year we were talking about how fast the linebackers were can you cover Lamar Jackson in space? I don't see the Colt, I don't the Colt linebackers have regressed. I don't see that they're gonna be able to, you know, the the Colt linebackers, and it's maybe an unfair comparison, kind of remind me of what you saw with Jalen Smith and Leighton vanderash last year with the Dallas Cowboys, where you go. There is so much talent with this group, but they just—they look lost. They just—they put them—they take themselves out of position. They take themselves out of plays. I mean, it costs Jalen Smith his job in Dallas, and I—I—I I, I can't help but I watched a couple cold games and I see that. I see that where it's like Darius Leonard is too good to be making the mistakes he's make. Bobby Okereke. Anthony Walker are too good to be doing what they're doing. Well, Anthony Walker, Anthony Walker is in Cleveland. Well, th- well, that that's then that hurts. That's on me for not getting that. But that no, you're good, you're good. He was, he was a big part of stopping the Ravens' offense for a half last year. But again, there is still talent at that linebacker position in Indianapolis, and it's got that feel of the Cowboys, where you had Jalen Smith and Leighton Esch and. The expectation for sky high, and they looked like they had really regressed, and I fear that that's what's happening to this Colt linebacker. So, I guess I'll push
1: back a little bit here. Um, I understand the comparison you're making. I don't think it's anywhere near the extent of the Dallas situation personally. Um, I also think Van Der Esch just kind of really got – I think the biggest issue with the Van Der Esch situation is he got – Very overhyped very early. And I think that's unfair to players sometimes because then they're expected to fit this certain expectation where I just don't think he his talent level was really ever there to hit it, in my opinion, of watching him now. I think a lot of that's every
0: that's every rookie that comes to the Cowboys.
1: Well, I mean, it's, you could probably just make the argument that it's a lot of rookies in general, depending on when they're drafted, the expectation they're given. But the thing with Darius Leonard this year, I mean, he is not playing at 100 percent, hasn't been able to the entire season, um, has been on the injury report each and every week. He's still making he's still been a difference maker. He's still been forcing turnovers. He's still been doing what he's good at. And the thing is, Colts fans, NFL fans don't have not really understood it the last couple of years. Darius Leonard's strength has never really been his coverage ability. Um, that's just never been what it is. Um, some stats here and there have hid that. Um, like people like to say that he, I think PFF, it was that like to say he held DeAndre Hopkins to three cat to two catches on four targets when he had to cover him, um, which was just a way overused stat that Colts fans have liked to use over the years to, to talk about his coverage ability. That's not really Darius Leonard's strength. And I would argue the last couple of weeks, you can see some errors scheme wise in this Colts defense because there's just so many arguments we see on the field. And that's on TV. I've been at the Colts games, I'm a season ticket holder for the Colts, and I'm in one of the end zones. I see them arguing all the time like on the field you see Darius Leonard yelling at Julian Blackwood to get into position you see them pull, I saw Kenny Moore one time just pull a DB all the way into position there, there is some definite miscommunication that have been going on um, so I do want to push back there with him the strength that I would give for the Colts going into this game just just because I'm not going to allow our fans to not hear one of us give a strength okay Michael like to cop out but I actually have liked what I've seen from the Colts run defense the last two weeks after the first two weeks, just being abysmal. um, They allowed Seattle to run all over them, which was annoying to watch. Um, They allowed a group of guys for the Rams um, to run the ball on them. But honestly, in in the Tennessee game, I mean, Henry had a couple big runs to boost his stats near the end. But for the most part, they were taking him down at that one yard, two yard gang. And even in the backfield, multiple times in that game, for the most part of the game, I would even argue in the Titans game. And then Miami, you could make the argument that they're just not a good running team at all. But I mean, they held that entire team to 32 rushing yards for the day. Um, just It was a really good day for the Colts run defense. I think the last two weeks, the Colts run defense has come back into fruition. I don't know if they're as good as they were last year yet. Um, but they are definitely more so to the talent that they have there. Um, and I don't trust the Ravens running backs to make a difference in this game yet. Um, like, like David said earlier, they just don't know who that guy is going to be yet. And I trust the Colts' run defense to stop the running backs of the Ravens. That's the matchup I like to go. Now, obviously, there's the added ability of Lamar Jackson when you're talking about stopping the run. That's a whole different category of it, obviously. Um, but I do like the Colts' front versus these Ravens' running backs as a strength for the Colts. And then going here to the next one, unless you have any comment you want to make on that, um, I wanted uh, to let
2: I'll, – I'll say this. Fine, Lamar Jackson throws for 300 yards and – Three touchdowns.
1: Hey, so. David, I'm will, I'm going to tell you this right now on air. I will bet you ten dollars. Lamar Jackson does not go for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. Passing. Mm,
2: sure I'll make it. I'll, I'll make it a bigger bet if you want. Let's talk off air. I'm not hey. doing. I'm name. I'm not putting anything down on air. Okay. I need to Let's make it. it $500. Hey, we'll, we'll talk off
1: air. We'll talk off air. Just letting you know though. I, I'm willing to put, I'm willing to put some green on that. But uh one big roller over here apparently. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um I was just saying if, if you right I, I would be willing. But uh David looking at you for the matchups that you don't like um, for your Ravens coming into this one. Is there a matchup that you look at Indy right now and you say I don't like this coming into this game? And if you're that confident, and you don't have any. That's completely fine. Just be honest. I like it.
2: I don't. I don't even think that it's it, it's overly confident. It's just there. There's no glaring, like, oh my god, they're that much better than this group. If that makes sense. Where, in the past, like, okay, Kansas City, okay, their receivers are far better than our defense. Backs, or Patrick Mahomes is just far better than Don Martindale. I don't see that. There isn't where – there isn't that huge gap special teams-wise, the edge is the Ravens. Defensively, I think that's a toss-up. Offensively, I would definitely say I think the Raven offense is more in rhythm. So it's it's tough to say. I would If there's one, and it's not so much because the Colts are that good, it's more so of a question of, okay, can the Raven receivers do it again? And they get open. Can they make the plays that they did a week ago that they didn't do in Detroit? If they can make the plays that they did in Denver, then this, it, then it's not a, it's not a weakness. But because there's a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde with this uh, Ravens receiving group right now, to not sound like a complete homer, that is a little bit of a okay. Well, we'll see what receiver group the Ravens have on Monday night. Hmm.
0: Well, uh, Colts fans, I'm sorry, but I hate every matchup in this game for us. I, I really do. Uh, Dustin mentioned uh, the run game. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, Darius Leonard sometimes out of position, Bobby Okariki or, or Okereke, um out of position, DeForest Buckner, Gover Stewart, who are actually pretty good in the run game. Not having two edges that, you know, the Colts really miss Justin Houston, Danico Autry that played those two outside positions, set the edge, really forced the running back to bounce it back inside rather than just going out. I feel like that's what we're going to see in this game. Alcadi Muhammad just might get moved. And he's played, he's probably been our best edge thus far this season. Quidi Pei is probably not going to play. So who are you going to start? Taequann Lewis? We'll see how these two can come together. If there was one I possibly had to say, would be uh, that I liked, would be what, what Dustin said earlier. But everything else, the speed on the outside, Brown, Duvernay, I mean, Kenny Moore got beat by Chester Rogers on a simple drag route. That, that was, it wasn't even close. Uh, Xavier Rhodes has just been poor. Isaiah Rogers, he's got that speed. I mean, I'm interested to see how he does in his second week starting, depending on if Rocky Sin is able to play. But, I mean, Lamar, the X factor on the offensive side, the toughness up front, are we able to even match that toughness on the um, Baltimore Ravens side of the football? In the secondary, Deshaun Elliott, I didn't think much of him at Texas, but being in the NFL, you know, being coached under John Harbaugh and those boys – He is definitely taking the next level, taking the next step as a safety. And then you just got the two dogs on the outside, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, hell, I really, really hope we can get Jimmy Smith somehow, some way. If there's a miracle, I want him so much. Um, That man is going to retire Raven. I, I, I sure hope not, but he, he's just a corner that I love so much. I would have traded for him before I traded for Stephon Gilmore. Um, but, yeah, the, the matchups in this one, being on the road, highlighting everything that Dave talked about, this team is going to be hyped up. The stadium is going to be loud. There's going to be emotions in that stadium. How are we going to respond? Are the Are the Colts going to just step up and be men about this game? Are they just going to – block for the quarterback or not and uh, I mean the wide receivers interest me our, our receiving core versus y'all secondary again I'm going to keep highlighting Pittman I'm very interested and I'm actually struggling to decide if I should even start him in my fantasy league uh, but oh man Michael if you, uh, don't,
1: if you don't start him you don't believe in him you've been talking this whole offseason now um, what, I, what I'm about to say next will uh, probably make you not start him. But the matchup that I don't like the most going into this game for the Colts is the receivers versus the corners um, of Baltimore. I don't think that's me saying – because, honestly, I've been pleasantly surprised by Pittman so far this year having to play um, as that receiver one. Um, Had a great game with Ramsey covering him on most of his targets against the Rams. Um, He had a really good game against the Rams – the the biggest part about that game I've, I've told Michael off air was the dog mentality we've seen from Pittman this year, um, where he was jawling with Pitt with Ramsey the entire game, and Ramsey's known to talk crap the entire game. It's just who he is, um, but not many receivers get back in his face, and Pittman did that that day. But I really like the corners in Baltimore. Um, I really like Humphrey. Um, I I obviously love his personality in the media room and everything as well, but his on, on field play. Um, I've just always been a fan. Um, I'm really interested to see, um, I mean, Jimmy Smith, another guy who is very talented at the cornerback position. Um, Marcus Peters is out for the year, um, but he's another guy that is a talented corner, but he's not going to be out there on Monday, obviously. But after Pittman, there's just been very little separation. Pascal um, has been himself um, very consistent piece, very consistent receiver. Paris Campbell's been pretty disappointing, not been able to create separation um, with the speed he has. And they're going to need the receivers to step up if they're going to pull off an upset, apparently, um, since Michael and Dave don't want to give the Colts any, any shot in this one, it sounds like. Uh, but you know, the receivers are going to have to be a big portion Um, if the Colts are going to go in to Baltimore um, and upset these fans as much, if not more, than when Ursae left in the middle of the night.
2: Well, now you had to go and be a dick. And you had to go and say that, Destin. And now you pissed me off. Now you went and and, – Oh, boy. Take the knife. You couldn't just hold the knife and twirl it. You had to take the knife and you had to just stick it in the back you you just couldn't help yourself. You just you know, you just couldn't help yourself. I hope I hope the Colts aren't on the schedule next year. I don't want to have. <laughs> hey hey, I respect it. I
1: respect it, but it won't matter because <laughs> we're 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 gonna play in the AFC Championship game. Amen. Amen. Everybody, um, Colts versus Baltimore AFC Championship. Uh, just kidding, of course. We don't know what's gonna happen, and that's probably not the matchup that I would uh, suggest right now. But I don't know quick- if
0: Baltimore's gonna be there, but.
1: Yes, because you've been talking so positive about the Colts today, Michael. Uh, But up next here, before we head on out and make some predictions, um, what are the three keys to victory for each side? Um, so Dave, I'm gonna let you give all three since you're the only one here for Baltimore, unless you're listening and think Michael's here covering Baltimore because you might be, uh, and then we'll go back to the Colts and I'll give two and Michael give one keys to victory for this week. So Dave, give me three keys to victory that Baltimore has to do if they want to come out with a
2: win. Well, number one, they have to tackle better. Tackling has been a real woeful problem for the Ravens. It's a systematic wide NFL issue, but it is really glaring with the Ravens, who usually are a sure tackling team. If they cannot tackle, I don't care who they're playing. It's going to be a close game. Second key will be sticking to what works whether it's the run game, whether it's the passing game, Greg Roman has a tendency to get away from what's working from time to time. I think if you can get the run game going with Murray, Freeman, or Bell, which I think I think they have in terms of just for a one-year, I think they have a pretty good running back room, but you need to find that hot hand, and it just needs to, needs to go. And it may be Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell did not look as bad as I thought he was going to look in a Raven uniform. So find that hot hand is number two key in that running back room, just to even to just get three, four yards against that Colt defense, just to pound up the middle, to give Lamar Jackson, give that offense a threat in the play action passing game, because that's so, so critical now to the, to their game plan is the play action pass. And then number three, can you get pressure on Carson Wentz? We know he's got two bad ankles, you have Odafe away. You have Ty's Bowser, Penel McPhee, Justin Houston. Can they get home? If they get home like they did against the Denver Broncos, you're going to see a 23 to seven type of game because the Colts are just going to struggle to move the football. If the Ravens can get consistent pressure on Carson Wentz, it just it, it is what it is. The line is bad. It's banged up. Wentz is banged up. He, he'll be a sitting duck if they get pressure. It's going to be a long night for Indy. Hey, and we're,
1: we're going to move over to the three keys to victory for the Colts. I'm going to give two. Michael's going to give one. I'm going to give the first one. Um, the first one's going to be that the offensive line needs to hold up. I'm even going to go specific and give a number. Um, the Colts' offensive line cannot allow more than two sacks in this one. Um, I think they need to be stout no matter who's out there. If Braden Smith can't go and we're going to see Julian Davenport or Matthew Pryor at right tackle um they have to be better um eric fisher who's not playing at 100 either after the torn achilles last Jan- this this january um has not looked good the last two weeks to say the least um he has to be better um i think the interior is the strength right now um but the offensive line has to hold up cannot allow more than two sacks
0: okay Qu- quick question when did jason Oway change his name to odafe Odafe was his
2: given birth name. He he, Jason, because he was tired of people mispronouncing the name, because the name looks like Odafe, like Mm -hmm. if you Odafe. So he growing up did not want his name to be continue to be mispronounced. So he went with Jason. That way it was a little more easier for people to to pronounce. But okay. Got drafted, he wanted to go back to his main name, Odafe.
0: Okay, all right, that makes sense. I have a weird last name, and it's very annoying to hear that get screwed up all the time. My favorite, I just just had to I had to ask the question because when someone said Odafe OA, I'm like, who the hell is Dafe OA? And then I saw the highlight, I'm like, that's Jason OA. Like, when when did that happen? Okay, my favorite backstory
1: pronunciation of Michael's last name, just for on the record on the show is still TerraSauce. Sauce. I don't know how that's not your Twitter handle yet, just saying. But, uh, Michael, I'll let you go to that second point.
0: Right. Right. I remember Cody came in and said Teriyaki Sauce. Okay. Um, my Mine has to be – and I'm going to keep saying this, man. Get the ball to Michael Pittman. When we get the ball to him, this offense moves, this offense goes. The ball moves down the field. Get the ball to Michael Pittman. I can't stress this enough. I would have gone with the run game, obviously, but I still want to continue to see. This is a great season to go against the corners he's been because this is only just escalating and speeding up his development. Going against either play, you're going to go up against Jimmy Smith or Marlon Humphrey. That's a given on whichever side of the ball you line up on. Uh, I'm not even sure if John Harbaugh is going to have them follow or anything. Just line up. If you land on them, cool. Um, But it's got to be get the ball to Michael Pittman for me. It has to be.
1: Um, I know we talked about Lamar Jackson being an improved um, passer of the football Um, But I still think that needs to be the focus on defense. I still think you need to make Lamar Jackson's arm beat you. Um, We all highlighted it. We think Lamar Jackson's taking that next step. Um, But we definitely would rather a Lamar Jackson arm beat us than Lamar Jackson's legs. You have to – not neutralized because that's easier said than done, Um, but you have to do what you can to take his legs out of the winning department for them. You need to make him throw the ball. Um, So Eberflus, the linebacking core, the defensive line, they need to make it a point all week, which I'm sure they are, um, to make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. Looking at his um, games this season, he has thrown the ball quite a bit, 30 attempts, 26 attempts, 31, 37 attempts. Make, make this be the most attempts he's had all year. Make That needs to be the focus. Um, you want to make that the case. Um, so if 37 is the most he's had, and that was last week against Denver, 38 um, is that benchmark. Make him throw it at least 38 times. Um, that needs to be the focus on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Well, damned if you do, damned if you don't, that's all.
1: Right? <laughs> hey, and he's improved. He is. But, I mean, I still think when you look at it, you can hang your hat at the end of the day better on a Lamar Jackson beat you throwing the football than you allowed Lamar Jackson to run for over 100 yards and two rushing touchdowns. I will just feel better sleeping at night if he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns on me. That's just my I personal think it's, preference. I,
0: I, I think it's just more of a can he be consistent with it um, from what Destin's coming from. I think it's just a matter of can he be consistent. He's showing it but can he be consistent if I throw this at him, if I throw this coverage at him? Um, so I, I think that's where, hey. that's where destiny's is coming from. I agree.
1: And I, I didn't mean any ill will towards it about him. I, I just think that's just, that got that has to be your game plan going in. But uh, getting on to predictions here, uh, we're going to smush David in the middle of us. So we're going to go uh, Michael, David, then me for the predictions. So Michael, score prediction and all. I bet I can guess where you go on this one. But uh, go ahead and give us your winner and the score.
0: You know, man, I think – and Dave mentioned this earlier in the show. The Ravens have been overperforming. I think Monday – this is a game that I think the Colts last year wished that they could have back. This is a game that really pissed them off. I remember coming on the – Show after that game and saying the Colts were the better team. They just, they just beat themselves. And a game-changing play by Marcus Peters making Jonathan Taylor fumble the football. This is a game they want back. This is a game they remember. And I'm actually gonna bank on the Ravens kind of coming back to earth a little bit. I'm gonna go with the Colts in this game. I'm gonna go with them. I think it is going to be a bruising football game I think it's going to be a hard hitting maybe a couple fights um, both teams are definitely gonna wake up sore on Tuesday morning so I'm going to take the Colts and I'm actually gonna take them 28 to 20
2: I, I'm not a even, bruising eight point win I love it I'm not even entertaining that ravens could lose this game. I'm not saying that it it, it isn't possible, but the way they're playing right now, they will get up for this game. They will probably not beat the Chargers the following Sunday I at the Ravens winning 27 to 10. I I just I, I don't know with all the injuries to the Colt offense how they're going to be able to move the ball against Raven defense.
0: Hey I'll I'll say this Colts, fall, Colts football is very confusing, first off. Uh, I don't know which team we're going to get week in and week out. But if it's not my prediction, then I'm going to go with Dave. I think it's going to be a blowout win for, for Baltimore. The score is going to be closer than the actual play on the field will, will indicate.
1: I am I am shocked that Michael took the Colts still. I am I just spent an entire episode feeling like it was me against two Ravens fans. Um, And then Michael said a bruising eight-point win uh, for the Colts. Um, I got to put that on the T-shirt, by the way, a bruising eight-point win. Uh, But So I'm going to take the Colts in this one, Uh, but I was positive I was going to be the only one. Um, I'm going to go a little bit closer than Michael did. Um, I'm going to go – the Colts end up winning this one 24 to 20. Um so a 4 point win. Um I think 20 is a pretty good benchmark for what I think the Colts defense needs to do. Um if the Colts can hold the Ravens to 20 or less, um I think the Colts win this football game. Um if the Ravens do end up being able to score in the high 20s low 30s, I do think this ends up being a Ravens win. Um but I think the Colts defense is pissed off. I think the Colts defense is realizing that they've been underperforming, even if a branch of our Colts fans believe that the defense has been completely fine and would love for them to play like this every single week. Apparently um, I think this needs to be a game where they come out and show out um, they're on prime time. They, the Colts don't get this that often. Um, they have a few of them this year. They need to show up for it. 24 um, 20 Colts. Um, I, uh, I think it's going to be a fun one though. I think of the schedule, um, of the first five, even before the year, this is the one I was the most excited for. Um, I like watching Lamar Jackson, even when he wasn't that great of a passer. Um, I just think he's a very electrifying player. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to be able to watch him against the Colts and see oh, yeah. what they do. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I just still don't think he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns.
2: Well, time stamp but We'll come back to this.
0: Hey, I like it. I like it. Hey, I, I, I like <laughs> Look, it, man. I I am scared to even go one and four. I am so scared. Like I just don't want to be one and four. So they they better pull this win out. I swear, dude. If it's one and four, I I think it's almost panic button time. I don't know the the schedule we got coming up. Little bit fa- favorable, but still don't want to be one and four. I I really don't.
1: Hey, we've seen a Colts team go 1-5 and and end up being fine. In our lifetime, Michael, we've seen it. They
0: also had Andrew Luck as the quarterback, so – Who's that? Go, come on
1: now. Who, who's that? We don't say his name here. Uh, oh, did you just say who is that? Yeah. Who, oh, who, who is that? We don't, we don't say his name on this podcast right now, uh, but that
2: is disrespectful. real
1: quick. I do want to thank David for coming on, <laughs> repping his Ravens, repping them. Well, uh, we had a fun time last year talking uh, just as a throwback to last year. I still don't think TJ Watts a linebacker, uh, but uh I am super thankful that you came on. Make sure you guys go and check out David on Twitter. David, go ahead and give us your your Twitter handle. And if you have a Twitter handle for your podcast specifically, go ahead and drop that as well.
2: At announcer Dave S is where you can find me on Twitter. At kickoff pod, we've got some great stuff coming up. Next week, we got pro football focus. Ben Linney, who's an NFL analyst, is going to come on. We're going to break down everything heading into week six of the NFL, so be sure to check it out after you check out, of course, this podcast.
0: All right, Benny coming on, talking about how the Ravens got their ass kicked. All right, I love it. I'm going to tune in for that one. Can I
2: mute? Can I, I can't mute you. God damn it. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm done. I'm
2: out of here. Hey, hey,
1: I, I respect it. I respect it. Thanks for coming on, guys. You, as always, you guys have been listening to the Blue Stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of fan-sided make sure you're subscribed to our youtube channel and make sure you're listening to this wherever you find your podcast apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast or anywhere else thank you guys for listening and as always go Colts
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day